Hey everyone, thank you so much for uh, tuning into the podcast and checking out Going to the Show with Tools. This is episode 16, covering uh, July 2020, or as I will refer to it, uh, month four and a half of uh, COVID times and and no live music to check out. Um, So what what we're going to do this month is uh, cover what I watched online. Uh, kind of the state of live music here in Charlotte and North Carolina in the area. And then also I have a separate uh, tape segment with uh, my good friend, Julie Banks, who I've seen a ton of concerts with and who has also worked in the industry. So Julie and I have a conversation about what's going on in Boston, where she lives and what's going on here in Charlotte and kind of what the future of live music looks like and how we get there and what could be done. A really great conversation. Um, I think I used um, Anchor, my podcast uh, app has a new feature available where I can record online with people and not be in the same room with them. Uh, so I tested that out. It doesn't work perfectly. Uh, there are glitches. And what the glitches are is that the we lose the audio for some spots. So there's maybe five, six spots over the course of the 40-minute conversation. So if things go dead, which they will, I uh, previewed the audio just Hang on through the dead spot, and and I'll pick back up. Um, So hopefully Anchor can uh, improve on that, or I can find a way to improve on it on my end. Uh, Definitely possible. It's a technical glitch with uh, my side or a user error. But um, that's it. So North Carolina, Charlotte, where are we at if uh, you're not local? Uh, We're still in Phase 2. Our Governor Cooper extended our Phase 2. Uh, I think next week we're going to hear if we get out of phase two or stay in phase two. But uh, our numbers are starting to level off. Uh, over the course of the month, we were pretty bad. We were a hot spot. But um, they are seeing improvement in numbers, which is good. Uh, I think our guidelines are the same as when I recorded last month. Uh, no bars, no clubs, no theaters. But restaurants can be open and uh, at 50% capacity. They just passed a new mandate in Charlotte, and then the state picked it up that no serving alcohol after 11 o'clock. So if you're an establishment that sells alcohol as a restaurant, you can't uh, be serving alcohol after 11. Uh, Trying to keep the kids from staying out late and congregating and breaking uh, social distancing rules. But um, there is live music happening around Charlotte. Uh, I haven't ventured out to it yet. You know, you have, as I mentioned last, last month, you got the acoustic acts playing. Uh, some some uh, wineries uh, in the area are doing some small shows. There's a drive-in theater uh, about an hour outside town that's doing uh, shows. And I had a ticket. I was going to go out to check out a rooftop show in Noda. That was a drive-up situation. But unfortunately, I got... Uh, canceled due to possible weather that day. Um, I guess they weren't prepared for our traditional Charlotte summer thunderstorms. But um, I was going to go check that out. And Hungry Girl, a local band I love, was going to be playing. I was really bummed that um didn't come together because I was, I was excited to go check out some music. But I am going to go out um, this weekend on uh, Friday night. My friend Doug Norton, who's been a guest, uh, great saxophone player and multi-instrument, but mostly saxophone. He's going to be playing with Jade Moore, who's a great local artist who does the solo acoustic thing. And the two of them are going to duo up at a barbecue spot in town called the Improper Pig. So uh, I'm going to get out there Friday and check them out. And I can't wait to see live music in person. So uh, that's kind of where we are in North Carolina. Oh, the Avid Brothers, uh, national big act who are from the area. They announced a show out to our Charlotte Motor Speedway. They're going to play in the infield. And it's going to be a drive-up show. Uh, I think they were doing maybe four or 5,000 cars, something like that. It sold out. Um, but Julie and I talk about it in our segment. But um, basically what they did was they segmented out the parking lot to different price levels. You know, you can see the band and hear the band. You know, then there's parts where you park, you can only see them on the big screen and stuff like that. But um, so it sold out. So it was very successful. I knew it would be with the Avid Brothers. They're... Uh, big nationally but especially here in uh in in the charlotte area so that's where charlotte is and that's where i am but um let's go into uh what i checked checked out this month kind of interesting development online and i'm sure it's going to continue to go this way but 
uh, bands are finding ways to monetize, you know, and get some revenue in besides tip jars on uh, these streaming performances they're doing. There's a number of bands, uh, Marcus King among them, uh, who I've talked about quite a bit. And um, I believe uh, Green Sky Bluegrass have done it too. But through the Spans app that I mentioned a few podcasts ago, bands are charging for their shows. You know, so you can get on and watch them for an hour or two, however long they decide to perform. And it's looks like it tends to be around 10, 20 bucks they're charging, something like that. Um, you can get on there and check out the show. Newport um, Folk Festival, which is a wonderful festival I was lucky enough to get to. Um, they're doing a mix this weekend where they're uh, streaming audio online through a radio station. They're doing a couple shows that are pay, you know, to raise money for the festival. And then they're also going to stream video of some past performances. So they're kind of taking all the approaches. Uh, Newport Folk Festival, which is interesting. Um, so that's one development online. And then uh, I was going to try this month to break up uh, what I watched into kind of different categories. Um, as we've talked about before, uh, some of the festivals that are missing out this year are streaming uh, past performances and mixing in some live streaming with it. Uh, this month, the Gray Fox Festival, which is a folk festival, they did that. Uh, I checked them out. They had uh, Steep Canyon Rangers on, which was fantastic. I raved about them and my love of their bluegrass music. Um, High Sierra, which is a huge festival out in, in Northern California, which I've never got to check out, but they have a big mix of, of music. Um, they did a, a big streaming thing wasn't video, but all audio. And they streamed, I think it was for four days and it was like 24 hours, pretty much a day of past performances. Really impressive. And, and, uh, I checked out some of that, some of that audio and that was cool. And, um, hardly strictly bluegrass, uh, a festival I got to check out in San Francisco. Thank you very much, John Tucker, uh, who invited me out there to, to go see that years ago. Uh, it's a great free festival in uh, golden gate park. And they're going to be doing a streaming event for, um, the date they have for this year, but they did a preview concert, uh, last weekend they had Los Lobos on for an hour and, uh, Los Lobos did a socially distanced, uh, streaming show and. If you just think of Los Lobos as La Bamba, you're totally missing out. They're an awesome rock band. I've been a rock band for bet going on 40 years now, and I've seen them several times. I think they should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, they're amazing. But uh, they did a great performance. I was last Saturday night, and that definitely um, perked up my, my Saturday night for me. So that was kind of the, the festivals that streamed over the month that I checked out. And then... Um, archive performances, uh, Elton John started to do his releases. I, I watched one of his shows from 1990, uh, no, 1985 it was, and it was fantastic. He came out in a Tina Turner wig and performed half the set, uh, that way. And then he came out in the second set and he was dressed like Mozart and, uh, it was just hit after hit after hit and, uh, you know, mixed in for what at the time was newer material, but for the most part, you got all the hits and, uh. It was a great show by uh, Sir Elton. And uh, U2 jumped in and they released a show from their Vertigo tour in 2005 from Chicago. And that was fantastic. I love um, streaming that. I haven't seen U2 in years, but they're one of my favorite bands. And it was just a great show that they streamed. It definitely uh, brought back a lot of memories of me for me from uh, shows I've seen of theirs. Um, and then kind of debuting new music. In releasing stuff, uh, my morning jacket uh, took some um, songs that didn't make the cut for their windfall um, or waterfall album, and made a waterfall two album over the course of uh, COVID, and they mastered it and put it all together, and they did a free party streaming the new album, and it's great stuff. Uh, if you like my morning jacket at all, I would definitely check out uh, waterfall two, and then uh, Johnny Swim. Uh, I know I've talked about him on here, but um, acoustic duo, husband and wife, uh, the husband plays guitar, she sings, well, they both sing, but she's just a vocalist. And um, what they did was they partnered with strangers, uh, online songwriters, and they kind of did it over a period of time and, and uh, hooked up with these kind of unknown songwriters and, and worked on songs with them and uh, released them and they performed them live. And uh, they, I think it was about an hour and a half show they did. And it was amazing. If it's still out there, which I doubt it is, I bet it's been taken down. 
but um, they performed from their backyard and they got a beautiful backyard. And uh, when they introduced the songs, they'd have the songwriter do a video segment and talk about the song and how they wrote it and stuff and what the song meant to them. It, it was just a really wonderful event. And uh, the two of them are just amazing together. And, uh, you know, as I've said about these streaming concerts, they really shared a lot and were, were real open. So um, it was just fantastic. One of the things that they said that I wanted to bring up when they talked about, you know, missing touring and, you know, missing the interaction with the crowd and, you know, any artist will tell you that they love doing that, but, you know, also they hate traveling in vans or hate the endless hotels or the bus, you know, all the hassles with traveling. And um, Johnny Swim talked really passionately, you know, that they love live music because they write these songs and hone them and, and get them down and they can't wait to go out and perform and share them with them. And that's like communication, you know, communicating their new music or those, these songs they love to an uh, audience. And then it's also a great part about for them about the shows is the community. You know, you get this community feel, you know, with the people in the audience and they become part of the show. And, and I've heard several artists talk about that over time of COVID that they miss that community that's live music. And you know, I think that's what we all miss. And, and then finally they mentioned that it's com like communion, you know, to bring it to kind of a spiritual level and they're not a spiritual band at all, but um, you know, it's like that sense of communion, you know, sharing with someone and sharing love and just good vibes and, and all that. And, and I, I'm not communicating and as well as Johnny swim talked about it, but uh, it, it really, it, it was great. And it really kind of brought together what live music's about and what it can mean to people. So, um, you know, that was really cool. And um, some of the live streaming stuff I saw was uh, green sky bluegrass uh, did a show. They were uh, fantastic as always. I think it was a little tough for them because I've seen them a few times and their audience is always so enthusiastic and dancing. You know, they play that speed up bluegrass and it was just them in a theater by themselves. So I think that was a little hard for them, but it was still a good performance. And then uh, Big Sam's uh, Funky Nation, great trombone player from New Orleans. Uh, he did a show and it was so strange because these, these streaming shows are all so different, but he was under a pop-up tent in his driveway at his house in New Orleans with his band. And the performance actually ended 20, 25 minutes into it because there was lightning in the area. So they just shut it all down and pulled the plug. It was really, it was something to say. But, um, so that was different. And um, also Zach Brown on uh, 4th of July, uh, he did a Zach Brown 4th uh, with Family. And he did a, a streaming event that was uh, really fun. And if you ever uh, have seen Zach Brown, you know, he put he's a great musician and puts on a great show. So uh, that, that helped 4th of July weekend um, uh, for me. And uh, there was also a great charity event uh, called Justice Comes Alive, that kind of addressing all the uh, police brutality and racial inequality issues that we're having in the country right now. And that was a several hour event on a Sunday. Um, I caught maybe an hour of it on the Sunday night, but I uh, got to see Christian McBride on there. He's a great jazz and funk bassist. Uh, Doom Flamingo, who's a, a side act of Umphreys McGee, was on there uh, performing live. Dumpster Funk from New Orleans performed live. And there was a great conversation with um, O'Teal Burbridge, uh, you know, from Allen Brothers and uh, from Dead & Company, you know, talking about matters of race and, and, you know, what's going on in our country and what we can do to improve things. It, it was a really good event. It was a good mix of music and interviews and, and talking about um real issues so uh justice comes live that that was a really cool event i was glad i uh was able to uh tune into that one and um band of heathens they're doing as far as weekly streams go uh band of heathens is keeping up their weekly thing they did a cool one a couple weeks ago they had margo price on as a guest and they covered uh joy the awesome lucinda williams song and, and that was just fantastic it was really good they put out a video online so uh, if you want to go on YouTube, you should be able to find it under Band of Heathens or Margot Price uh, Do Enjoy. That was uh, a great version. And Band of Heathens, as I talked about with Julie, they they found a way to monetize things and bring some revenue. The two guys who are the lead singers in Band of Heathens are often to do private Zoom concerts. You know, so you can get some friends together and, and they'll do a Zoom concert for you. Um, you know, so that's a, a way they're trying to get in, 
you know, some money in the door and supplement income that is lost, you know, completely lost to them. Um, and then I really uh, felt like over the last few episodes, you know, I, you know, with all the streaming that's going on and the weekly streams that I was talking about the same bands every month and, and other than spewing out to people what I'm watching and what I'm listening to, I also want to turn people on to new stuff and I always want to be hearing new stuff and checking out new stuff. And sometimes that's difficult to do even, you know, when times are normal. But um, so I really made an effort uh, this month to um, bring some new bands to you that I checked out and uh, liked. So uh, two of those that I want to talk about were um, I mentioned before Doom Flamingo. They're part of the Justice Comes Alive event. They're a side act from Humphreys McGee, a couple guys from Humphreys McGee, and then some local artists from the Charleston, South Carolina area. And they did a show. Uh, Humphreys played here at, um, forgetting the name, the uh, Fillmore here in town. And in the small room after Humphreys was over, Doom Flamingo played. And I didn't go to that. But uh, friends of mine, Chris and Abby, went there. Like, it's totally different than Humphreys, but it was pretty cool. And, um, I never really checked them out online or anything. And I saw them on the um, Justice uh, uh, Comes Live event. And they're awesome. It's this really weird funk rock stuff. And it's really kind of out there, but it's really good music. Uh, great musicianship. They have a female singer who's fantastic. They wear some crazy outfits and stuff. And since I like them on that, I think they only played maybe – 20, 30 minutes as part of that benefit event. But uh, I checked out some stuff online of theirs and I really like it. So uh, I'm hoping I can get down to either Charleston or see them or they do another piggyback show with Humphreys uh, here in town and I could see them that way. But really fun band. So I would recommend to check out Doom Flamingo. And then um, as part of my playing music in the background on my weeks where I work from home, I went on to Audio Tree and was checking out you know, different performances they have on there and concerts. And I checked out a new to me band called elephant gym. They're from Taiwan and it's labeled as math rock, which I don't know what math rock was. I hadn't heard that description before, but they were fantastic musicians, young, very young people, uh, trio guitar, bass, and drums. And, uh, I'd say kind of jazzy, kind of funky rock, um, a little bit out there, but just wonderful wonderful music and uh i can't wait to check out some more from i use them as um the outro music uh for this month so uh, if you're into any of that kind of jazzy um great music kind of stuff and and open as, to some um uh instrumental music definitely check them out is i think they're very talented and, and they're doing some uh, pretty cool stuff but um i'm just checking out my list here i think that covers uh, for the most part, everything I saw this month online and um, and checked out. I opened up the show with um, the police song, uh, Hole in My Life, because live music is definitely a hole in my life. I think Sting was probably singing about uh, lacking a woman in, in life, but uh, it's, it's definitely live music for me. I'm missing my shows, and uh, I can't wait to go out Friday night and, and check out some stuff with, um, with Doug and uh, Jade. And uh, hopefully there's some more stuff to um, come along and hopefully we can get better. But uh, it does certainly look like it's going to be a while. Um, so that's it here from Charlotte. I kind of kept this uh, segment short since the conversation with, with Julie ran ran long since we had plenty to talk about. And, and we didn't even cover everything that I intended to talk about with Julie. But uh, be patient with the glitches and the pauses in the recording where the recording cuts out. But if uh, you hang on, it'll continue. And and I thought we covered a lot of cool stuff. And and Julie had a lot of, uh, since she's worked in the industry, kind of had a lot of creative ideas about, you know, where we might see live music going. So uh, I got a I got a lot out of it and um, really enjoyed talking to, to Julie about it. And then, as I mentioned, uh, Elephant Jim is going to be the uh, outro song this month. So check them out. And uh, until then, everyone be safe. Uh, wear your masks, take care of each other, be good to each other. And uh, thanks for listening. Please give me any feedback as always. And uh, we'll be back in August and uh, do it again. Julie Banks, are we making this work? We're making it work. We're going to make it. We're going to try.
Yeah. All right. Awesome. Apologies in advance to anyone. Uh, this is the first time I'm using the uh, record with someone else feature on the um, Anchor app. And uh, got my friend Julie Banks on, who I've been to many a concert with, who's also a concert lover. And um, going to talk about the state of things since I can't talk about actual shows that we're going to. So thanks for being on, Julie. Thanks for having me, Tools. <laughs> so I opened up the show with the police song, uh, Hole in My Life, to signify how much I'm missing live music. How about you? Yeah, it's it's been tough. Um, it's been a long couple of months without having any shows to go to and having all the shows I have tickets for now tell me they're not until 2021. So it's been tough. Now, I I can't believe it. It's so weird if pretty much if it would have happened any other year in my adult life, I would have been stuck with tickets. I didn't have tickets to anything upcoming. Wow. No, I mean, I had a bunch of shows at Fenway Park and obviously nobody's getting in the ballpark, not even for baseball. So all of those shows um, got moved to 2021, including, you know, some Kenny Chesney shows at Gillette um just pushed but i mean they're long they're larger tours so you can kind of expect that they got their act together and you know Ticketmaster and live nation don't want to give me my money back so they're like see you in 2021 thank you for mentioning live nation and Ticketmaster. i think we may cover them later <laughs> of course the, the evil empire <laughs> yeah um, yeah. But speaking of those stadium tours, people were really mad here. Uh, Garth Brooks, uh, we were going to start using the football stadium here for concerts this summer. And, oh, nice. Um, and Garth Brooks, I believe, sold it out. I want to say he did, but he didn't cancel his date to like a month in advance. He was holding out as long as he could to that date. Yeah. And finally, they um, rescheduled to 2021. I think it was him, Billy Joel. And then um, the hair band tour of Motley Crue and Poison and stuff. Yep. That was playing Fenway too. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And well. everything else postponed until 2021, except for Garth and people were not happy because those were big money tickets. Yeah. And, and people had their, their tickets and finally he, uh, he pushed it out. But yeah, that, that was a little bit of a news story for a couple of weeks here. Yeah. I just, I just read a real brief. I didn't get into it, but I just read speaking of Garth that, he, just, he, he called a press conference or put out a press um, release just because, because Garth is bored. Garth wants, you know, to be out with his people. And, you know, we all feel that way. We're all missing out on it. We want to be together and we want to experience live music. And we're just, we got to figure out a way around. We got to pivot, as they say. Yeah. Now, with missing live music, you know, since pandemic's been going on what i've been doing with the podcast is i talk about the stuff i've been watching online and it's you know a mix of bands going on live you know and doing a streaming thing or they're releasing archive performances you know like all the jam bands are doing it and like you two just released a show last week and uh elton john's yeah. you know releasing some archive stuff and talking to uh some of my concert friends around town some people are doing it and are totally in and like you know, with like the fish concert, the weekly thing, they make a nut. Oh, and I think our technology bumped out. Did our technology bump out, Julie? It did for, for a minute. You were talking about fish, and it was right at 420. So I don't know. Maybe that was meant to be. But we're back. So, so I was just saying, are you miss it? Are you in on the streaming music, or you don't want any part of it because it's not the same as going to a show? I, I'm not. I, I appreciate it. I'm glad it's happening. But I just, for me, I can't. I, it, it'd be tough. I don't, I don't, that, that's not how I want to experience it. I have not once, whether it's sitting in front of my computer or, or even bringing it up on, a, you know, streaming it to the TV. It's just, that's not how I want to do it. And that's not part of going to live music is the experience with your friends. 
um, it's more than just the music. It's the experience overall. So I haven't, I haven't been doing the streaming thing. Yeah. It, it's funny. Cause I have certain friends I text during certain shows, you know, cause it's people I've gone to see that band with, you know, so I'll hit them up and I'm like, Oh, you know, this week's show is pretty good. And you know, our, our friend, uh, uh brady in, in jersey i've seen fish a ton with and so I, i'll you know he's running his restaurant so i never know when to call him and catch up and uh he's one of my few friends i actually do call and catch up with and and uh so i'll text him on tuesday nights and tell him what's going on in the fish show <laughs> that's great and, and no but again it's it's you're getting more out of the experience yeah you're, but, you're well, not just watching the band you're having memories about your experiences with brady and yeah. you know that's what it's about oh i love this song or can you believe they did this song or you know yeah that's part of it and that's what's you know we're all missing i think yeah and the, the funny thing about the jam band aspect of it is there's been weeks like especially the dead i'm like other than you had a video of this concert, I don't know why you showed it. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it, happened, it happened with last night's fish show. The first set was just, it had moments, but overall it wasn't great. Yeah. And one of my fish friends down here is like the jaded fish fan. He criticizes everything. Ah. And, uh, I text him last night and I said, I really hate to sound like you, but tonight's show is not doing it for me. And it's a show that he he had listened to he hadn't seen the video of but he had listened to online and he's like dude the second set's hot he goes hang in there <laughs> oh that's nice oh you, and, and you know that's, that's you can sound like me <laughs> yeah but and that's the reason why you know he goes to all these shows and then he can critique him at least he's got something to base it on because he's experienced it so yeah it's uh it's good to have that feedback so in boston you guys have done better with COVID as far as getting out of it than we have. We didn't have, you know, the deaths and the hospitalizations that you guys did in the front, but you guys seem to be coming out of it better. What's the, the state of things in Boston? You can't gather, right? And you can't. Yep. Yeah. So right, right now where we're at is we're in what they call stage three um, and stage four would is what they call the new normal. And in stage four, that includes clubs, um, you know, the theaters, it includes bars. So they don't expect that to come on board until we have a vaccine. So we're talking these, you know, even as small as bars, but the clubs, the smaller music venues, um, you know, the, the nightclubs, as we would call them, where there's DJ and dancing, all just closed shut down nothing's happening uh so it's it's sad um but um we're you know i think for us in boston one of the things that brings the energy to the city is the colleges and you know we've been in covid and the colleges shut down and all those kids went home so we lost kind of some of our concert audience when they left yeah. And having Boston being an international city, we not only we get performing artists from all over the world because we have an, we're an international city. So without the students being here, um, you know, it's it's just been quiet and there's nothing going on yeah. uh, in any of the clubs music wise. It's even international DJs like we're just missing out on all of that. Um but, you know, we don't have the audience here as well. That Maybe that's an advantage um, is the summer is usually quiet for the city. Everything goes outside. I mean, you know, tools in the summer, it's all outdoor concerts. It's the Lowell Folk Festival or it's the Newport Jazz Festival. Or you're going to what we used to call Great Woods. It's now Xfinity. You're going to the sheds. You're yeah. going to the stadiums. You're going to Fenway. Um, and those are the things. And those are usually bigger shows anyways. Um, yeah. We did, we have lost one of our very small um, rock clubs um, called Great Scots out in Austin. I saw that closed, yeah. Yeah. So what's really interesting about that is part of it was the landlord was like, you know, you can't make your rent. You can't sustain this business with the current regulations. So we're not going to renew your lease. And the folks behind 
um, Great Scots went and crowdsourced money to reopen it to, to be in the same location. And the landlord still said, no, we're going in another direction because we don't think a club business model is going to work when you can't, you know, you have social distancing and you have limited people that you can bring in and all of this. So in a way, there's a hunger people want and they're going to try to bring great Scots back, not in the same location, but people want their clubs. Yeah. Um and you know, you might have heard I love, about I love club shows. You know, even getting older and you know not wanting to stay out till midnight or one a.m. at a club show. I love club shows. I love the intimacy yeah. and being close. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, the, and that brings up another point that you know, how do artists? How do the artists take to all this? Like they're like we were saying, Garth's at home being bored. I'm sure there's a million musicians out there that are itching, and you can only take so much time where you're at home recording new music and writing new music that you want to get out there and put it in front of someone. And as you had mentioned, one of the ways people are doing that is, you know, streaming stuff. Um, you know, they're putting it on social media, they're showing live concerts, you know, on YouTube or whatever they're doing. Um, but they want to be out there. And one of the, the ways that coming, you know, from the, the restaurant background and one of these, cool things that the restaurants were doing is, you know, you had these private dinner parties. So now I feel like there's an opportunity for artists to have private listening parties. And, you know, it all depends on the size of the artist, but if you're willing and you're hungry enough to get out there with your new music in front of 15 people in someone's backyard, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you take the opportunity? Um, and I think fans can work to, to put these little small shows together. I think it's, it's totally doable. And I think right now in Massachusetts where we are and not in Boston, but in Massachusetts, there are some small breweries and wineries that are bringing in performers, you know, everything social distancing, but they are having live music. So people are getting back out there. Are you going to have a hardcore rock show, you know, with people in the mosh pit? Probably not, not going to happen, but there is an opportunity to yeah. get in front of people you know it's funny when you say that because i was thinking like thinking that you know there's a lot of people in boston in the area that make a lot of money you know in the various in the software industry biotech all the great industries that are around boston and I think if you're an exec making a couple hundred grand up and you live on kind of farmland in sudbury or somewhere yeah why, why couldn't you get somebody to come out and play for 30, 40 of your friends and pay them, exactly. 10, grand, pay them 10 grand or whatever you got to pay them? You know? Exactly. If you're that much of a fanboy or girl and, you know, and you're at that income where you can afford to do it, like, why wouldn't you support your artist? Why wouldn't you? And then so that brings up another opportunity that uh, how is how can artists harness sponsorships how do you go out even if it's your you know the coffee shop on the corner how do you partner with them to market together some small show you know do you, how do you work together to do that um where you're putting on a smaller show and maybe you have to rent a space somewhere but somehow through a sponsorship you're getting to cover that you know rental fee um, and you know that small groups of fans would probably pay, um, or is it a donation or how does it work? But I think the biggest obstacle right now is how many people can you get in front of? Um, and what is that experience like? You know, are we all BYOB and how does that work? You know, so there's some challenges, but, uh, I think if it's thought through it, you know, it, it can happen. We're starting to get um, the drive, the drive, uh, drive-in shows here. Yep. So you remember Max Speed Shop? Yep. South Boulevard. So next to that is a Mexican place, and the Mexican place has a great big patio area. Yeah. So they've kind of redone it, and they're having drive-up shows there, and they're allowing like I think it's thirty or thirty-five cars. You can't yeah. bring your, you can't bring your own food. You can't bring your own booze. 
uh, you can't get out of the car unless you're going to the bathroom. Yeah. Uh, and the driver can't be served alcohol. That's awesome. And you know what? The Kowloon's doing that up here. So the Kowloon is like our huge um, Polynesian, you know, that fun restaurant with the tiki oh, yeah. drinks and the scorpion bowls. I know you know, but for the folks that are listening, mm-hmm. and they have a huge parking lot in the back and they built a big screen and they're doing um, comedians. And it's the same thing you just mentioned. You, you have a space for your car or a square that is with a table in it and you sit there and just your group's there. You have to socially distance, but you can hear music. You can see comedians or you can see a movie. So again, it's, you know, ingenuity. It's a wonderful way to do it. I think, you know, the challenges for us in the city, like how do you do that in the city? Do we have spaces? Can you do that on the Esplanade in Boston? You know, is that possible? City Hall, well, City Hall Plaza is under construction now. The lawn at Deeg, you know, where are these spaces are where you can do these? City Hall Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You probably City fall in now because it's a big uh, dirt pit, but is it actually going to look good at the end? <laughs> I, I hope so. I haven't seen the plans for it. I just heard that they were going to start working on it, partially because nobody's in the city. Like there's yeah. no traffic to City Hall. So yeah. let's do the construction now. So, um, but that, you know, that's, as you know, that's a concert venue right there. Yeah. So yeah, I've seen shows there. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So that stage is great. Um, so we'll see what happens, but yeah, it's, it's, people are going to have to think and be really creative on how to figure out getting us live, like in the flesh, live music. Yeah. And it's, Um, it's, I think it's hard for bands and like a lot of the more well I think I cut out on Julie. You did. You're yeah. back now. Yeah. You, said I you were saying the larger bands. Yeah. They're kind of doing stuff to support their crews, you know? Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Um, and that's important. I mean, that's, you know, that whole, the whole, not even live music, the whole entertainment industry and, you know, all these Broadway actors and the everyone on Broadway that are back a house. Like, there's a lot of people right now, you know, out of work. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know you wanted to talk about the clubs and how do they survive. And, you know, they're yeah. making their money off the bar if they're not making their money off the ticket price. So what's the pivot for them? Yeah. Well, it's funny because I have bands rated. You know, it's almost like Bill Belichick with the salary cap. Yep. You know, like there's going to be so much I'll spend to see this band, so much to see that band. And and so say you're going to a show at House of Blues in Boston, and usually it's a $30 band. Yep. They can only have 20% or 50% capacity. They got to jack up that ticket price. Yeah. But do so, I, but am I going to spend 60, 70 bucks on a band I would feel comfortable spending 30 on? I don't, even if I'm dying for live music, I don't know if I would. Yeah. And I think on that, I think that's going to, you're absolutely right. I mean, if there are certain bands, I'm not paying that much to see. So the question is, is the, are the venues in any way going to look for opportunities to keep those ticket prices the same, but somehow make the money otherwise? So does the beer go up a dollar so that, are you there, Tools? Oh, can you hear me? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, did I cut out at all? No. You hear what I... No, I had you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what I was saying is, do they are they marking up the liquor? So they want to get you in the door, but then they're going to charge you more for the alcohol. Um, or to that point, are they going out and getting sponsors? Are they having people that they're tabling? You know, that's always a big thing, and usually it's 
you know, some nonprofit that's tabling? Is it suddenly like they're doing sampling opportunities where Jose Cuervo has a new liquor out and, you know, they're going to pay to set up a table where they can do sampling? Like, are the venues going to find ways to keep the cost, the ticket price the same, but the experience inside once you get inside is one where you're either paying more or they're, they have partnerships or sponsorships and that's how they work it, you know? It's or, the, breweries or don't, it, the breweries down here do that. They partner with food trucks or they partner with yeah. CBD companies and the yeah. CBD companies like that's, hand out samples and stuff. That's where all the money is. Um, they give out gummies. You never know. Um, but, um, oh, you made me think of something. Oh, is it suddenly like, you know, we've seen this before where, you know, the first row let's, you know, I'm using this as an example. The first row is more expensive than this row, but suddenly now if it's standing room only, oh, you can only get in this section with this price ticket. You can only get in this and you can stand up here. Like they're, they section everything off. And, you know, kind of like a baseball park where all the ticket prices are different. So you want to pay for the experience, you pay more. There you are. Yeah, I was saying the Avid brothers, they're playing the Speedway, and that's the way the parking's priced. Yeah. You, know, you can see and hear them. You can only see the screen. Oh, you can't see the screen. You can only hear the music. It's all different tiers. Yeah. See? And that's, you know, people willing to pay that have the money are going to pay. And, you know, people like, you know, that just go to concerts for the social aspect will you know maybe not spend that kind of money it's like going to you know the sheds and you know where do we take usually buy tickets on the lawn because it's the experience as long as i can hear the music i know what the artist looks like i don't necessarily have to see them yeah um and that's you know that's another way around it so they're they're i, I think we'll figure it out but i think i honestly think we're just gonna have to live without it um for a while for the majority of us for you know those people that don't you know have a ton of money we're yeah. just gonna have to figure out a way around it and until we can solve the issue well the last live music thing i saw was a local cover band at librettos the weekend of saint patty's day yeah i've been good in social distancing you know and i'm not hanging out in groups and stuff but um a friend of mine here is a saxophonist and he's playing with a woman who usually just does the solo acoustic thing. Yeah. And they're playing. Julie. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so so that's going to be my first venture out. We'll see how it goes, you know. Yeah, and and you go from there. And I think I think there's that, and then more and more people, you know, you're going to get to a point where you feel comfortable doing going to see this or going to that or going to this space or just being outside. Um, so we're all going to find our comfort zones until we get to that point where it's safe for all of us to be together. Yeah. Um, Something but. interesting happened to me a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, like you, I'm into the arts. And um, the opera company and the ballet company have been sending surveys about when will you come back, you know? Yep. And will you support us until you can come back, you know? And then, yeah. and then our theater complex, which is like your equivalent of uh, the Wang, our Blumenthal Center, they sent out a survey and it was totally different toned, Julie. Really? Yeah. It, well, you know, they do a lot of shows and stuff, so they have an older crowd. Yes. It was, will you ever come back? Yes. I mean, has any, are you at risk? Is yeah. anyone in your family been affected? You know, that was the usual questions of yeah. sanitizer yeah. help, will no hanging on the lobby help, you know, but it was a lot yeah. darker questionnaire. And 
it kind of bummed me out taking it. You know, I, I like taking surveys like that to help out. So I did, but it kind of bummed yeah. me out. And I can understand that because it is true. I mean, that most of those, the, what they call the patrons, the people that are giving money um, are older. I mean, I, this generation isn't so much about that. It's when you're established that you get to that. So you need that older audience um, to continue, you know, your endowment and and keep those type of theater shows coming and the opera and the symphony. Oh, Julie. Yep, you're there. So I'm saying you can't give to everything, but like I look at the opera and the ballet, like two things I love, and I yes. love companies here in Charlotte. But yeah. I look as my support to them when I buy tickets. Yes. You know, so yeah. like when they come and ask me for money, I'm like, eh, I really love you and I want you in town, but yeah, I think yeah. more important things to give to. You know. Exactly. No, and I'm. I, I think the same way as well. And, you know, it, it might be awful to say, but the one time I made a serious donation to the Wang Center, it's because I was having a nameplate put on a seat and it was something that's going to last and people are going to see, but it wasn't costing them anything to put, you know, what, 50 bucks to put my nameplate on the seat. But that was a contribution that I'm like, yes, I want to do this. I want to pay big bucks to have my name there forever and ever, you know, but that's the only time. Otherwise... You know, we have to wait till we get to a point in life where, you know, we're in a tax bracket where we're looking for deductions and where we can make contributions and we're not there. That's why that that audience is older. So it's funny you say that because it ties into two things we've talked about. I always say if I won the lottery, I'd be I'd get really good at giving my money away. Yeah. <laughs> and my other thing with winning the lottery, because I only play it when it's like three, four hundred, five hundred million. Yeah. I always said I would throw a party, you know, at some place like a huge hotel or somewhere, invite 100, 200 people, friends and relatives. I would give everyone that came X amount of money. And I'd say, don't ask me for money ever again. Here's a gift. And I would get an artist that I really like to show up and play. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, and that's great. That's a great idea. You have a big. But then I'd uh, yeah. set list. <laughs> you know? yeah. No, I love it. Again, but it ties back to you yeah. want to you want to have an artist there. Like that's what you would do. You wouldn't, you yeah. know, build an in-ground pool in your house. Well, you might invite everyone over. You'd have a concert. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's where the priorities are. So, yeah. It's... I have a funny industry story about okay. that. You know, my friend uh, Sarah in Rhode Island. Yeah. There you are. And uh, so he worked a private party at one of the hotels in Boston and whatever the organization was, they hired Sting. Oh, okay. So I was like, oh, don't tell me anything bad about Sting. <laughs> you know, because I love Sting, love the play. Right, right. And, all that. and he goes, no, no, he goes, he was awesome. He goes, he performed, yeah. he played whatever everybody wanted. You know, he was gracious to everybody. He totally didn't come to sound check. He blew it off. <laughs> oh, who needs sound check? So like when he didn't come to sound check, he was all concerned like, oh, this guy's, you know, because not all, yeah. you know, met all kinds of celebrities and stuff and they're not all good people. Yeah, so right. Sting was going to go in that category and it turned out the opposite. He just, for this corporate gig or private gig, whatever it was, he was not sound checking. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got this. I can do this with my eyes closed. Just sign the check or raise the money and let it happen. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's that's, great. That's, whole, like, that's a whole side industry for them. You know, these private gigs. Oh, absolutely. You know. Absolutely. That's, I mean, when I worked in the event business, that's, you know, we did Diana Ross a couple of times. We did Penn and Teller. We did Rod Stewart, um, you know, for a small company in Cambridge who was throwing his wife's birthday party and she wanted Rod Stewart. So yeah, there's definitely, and he, you know what? 
that's my point. Like I was saying, like maybe artists need to do smaller scale or maybe they need to expand their corporate business and the larger audiences and the larger audience uh, artists. Um, but, you know, it needs to be taken into consider what's what's the size of the audience they're going to have. Yeah. who's going to pay for that? You know, there's, I'm sure there's some rich people out there that are like, yeah, I want to have 25 of my friends in my backyard and have Sting come and perform because I have the money to throw away. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but for the, days coming. I'm going to have Dropkick come over. <laughs> nice. But for the smaller, like you were talking about, for the smaller club artist, it's just, it's a tough call now. And it just, you know, right now for us in Boston, the future is outdoors. Anything you can do outdoors and you got to be social distance. And, you know, that's why I think the the drive-in thing is working because you literally have a space. Your car is your space. And it's hard to do that. Where like this weekend with the Chainsmokers and the Hamptons throwing that concert, like they might have said, here's your, you know, six by six space where you stand for the concert nobody you know people aren't gonna pay attention to that they're gonna want to move around and dance and interact well that, so. that was my thing with that spot by max the first band they had was a band i really like but they're there you are yeah, I was just talking about watching a band that you would dance to in your car. You're not going to do that, you know? Yeah, no, you're not. Yeah. No. No. So that they need to figure out. Um, but I'm sure that, you know, like the big thing in the club was when you could rent like a, I don't know what they call like a, your own booth and you could have table service. Like, yeah. I think they can expand on that. And then you just... You know, you have your space in your private area and you stay in there and they just, you know, all of a sudden we're all in pods, but we're all out watching a band. We just have to stay in our little pod. You know, maybe that's what we get to until we get this vaccine under and we can all go out and interact among again. Yeah. So. Is there anything that would make you comfortable or less comfortable with going out? You know, the only thing I have right now that that makes me hesitant to go like to go to a show today, if you ask me, like, would you go to a show is being in an enclosed room with crappy air conditioning or too much air conditioning. Like the air conditioning thing right now is the thing that's throwing me off. Yeah. Anything that I could do outside, I have no problem because it's like that fresh air and things are moving but get it like eating out in a restaurant that like wigs me out a little because I'm worried about the air conditioning. Do I have any proof that it can travel through the air conditioning? There's been talk of it, but I don't have any hardcore evidence. I don't know if there is any yet. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I probably wouldn't go to a club because I feel like I, I, you know, you can take care of yourself. You can wear a mask. You can move away from people. You can keep moving. But like if you're in there. And that AC is cranking because it's so hot in the club. Yeah. That, that's not comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So same thing with the movie theater. Like you're in a dark space with cranking air conditioning. Oh, I, yeah. I don't see how they get that business going at all. <laughs> yeah. The that's just... and the food and everything. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, don't that's, care, I don't care how nice the movie theater you're in, your feet stick to the floor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now they have all these fancy movie theaters with like these recliner seats and like, are they wiping that leather down? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So that's um, I like the movies too. You know? Yeah. 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 We bought, but again, that's the thing. And so also tools, you know, you got to think that there's a younger generation that might've just been moving into this live music experience that just in general, it's going to be different for them when it comes back. So they will never have known what it was like. They only know what they know. Um, so that's going to be interesting too. 
Julie. Are you there? Are you with me? I'm with you right now. Yep. I think I think this was awesome. So I, I think before we have another cutout, I think that's a good um, stopping point. Great. Yeah. Thanks so much for doing this. You're I've, welcome. I've been slacking on having guests on, so. No, that's great. No, good for you for carrying through. You wanted to start this, and you did, and you've been holding strong. Yeah, it it is it is tough, especially with the uh, online reviews, because I tend to watch the same band. So this month, I really concentrated on getting some new bands on there. So, good. Awesome new 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 stuff to talk about. Have good. You, have you ever heard of math rock? No. So I went on to I forget if it was pitchfork or who but i started you know it was like a tiny desk kind of thing and i was screw strolling through their different concerts and i tried this band elephant gym and they were this asian band and they were awesome and but they, nice. were, described, but they were described as math rock and i had never heard that before no neither have i and you know i will say that i go through i binge a lot like i'll listen to alternative for two days straight to catch up on everything and then I'll go and I'll listen to college for two days and catch up everything. And then I'll go to country and try to catch up, uh, especially having serious because they, you know, you can listen for two days and you've heard it all because they're, they're, uh, what do you call those? Their playlist kind of is the hottest, newest. Um, and that's how, that's how I keep up now. Um, and I also have to say that my musical taste has definitely, broadens like there are days when I'm like I'm listening to nothing but classical or I'm listening to nothing but chill and house like it's so weird but it just you know it depends on what mood I'm in I definitely not siloed into just you know alternative and country like I was for a long time um so discovering new music mornings i do classical or operas yeah and then in the afternoons it's what i'm in the mood for you know it could be rock it could be reggae you know it could be you know whatever i'm going to listen to but that's the when i get into the more modern stuff and in the morning it's it's like jazz classical opera <laughs> yeah yeah and i have to say i listen to a lot of sports radio i hate to say that but i listen to a lot of sports radio um and the news <laughs> So. Since you brought that up, uh, I listened to some this, this today on the way to and from work. I'm in the office this week. Yeah. Carolina is fully on board with Patriot players are opting out just so they can get Trevor Lawrence <laughs> and screw over Cam Newton. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That was that was they're funny that you say that because yesterday morning I was listening to sports radio and they're like, Trevor Lawrence is going to wake up. He's going to wonder why he's trending on Twitter. And that's exactly what it was. Like, Bill's master plan. Um, um, and of course, you know me, I want both of them. I want both. You know, because Cam was always so polarizing. You know, yeah. people love him and people hate him. And there's people that want to see him succeed in New England. And, you know, there's yeah. people saying he's done and kaput and that's it. So the people that want to see him succeed is, they're not going to give him the best chance to succeed. This is horrible. <laughs> right. Right, right, exactly. Oh, I'm hoping for the best. I'm sad that I won't get to see him play in the flesh, but I've seen him play before. Thank you. Um, so we'll see. If they even play at this point, you know, we'll see if they even play. I don't see how football's going to work. Yeah. Really football's don't. the worst out of all of them. So if they can't even do it in baseball, how are they going to do it where people are touching each other all the time? I, I think the type of sport is obviously huge but then also i think the bubble is huge yeah like as soon yeah. as i heard baseball teams were going to be traveling i'm like yeah oh, good you know yeah i mean i i will say that i think the marlins might be an amalgamy only because the marlins are located in florida's biggest hot spot so you know you can kind of expect that would come out of there um, but I, I don't, I, I mean, I know there's other hotspots. Texas might be, the Rangers might be in trouble, but you know, well, but it, even the Red Sox player, he came from Miami, but you know, he, we had a Red Sox player that had it. So who knows? Who knows?
There you are. I was saying thanks, Julie, and it was awesome. <laughs> You're welcome, Tools. Can't wait to listen. I'll listen when I'm down um, in Florida, you know, and when I go to live on the edge and hit the hot spot in Florida. Oh, you're going. You're going. I leave on Friday morning. Hopefully right. I don't bring it back. All right. Safe travels. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Bye. Bye.